everybody. Welcome to the Cinema Nerd Presents Made in the 90s. My name is Kyle. I'm here with Dylan to talk about just an astral projection of a movie called Stargate. Dylan, what is Stargate? Stargate is a 1994 sci-fi film by Roland Emmerich, uh, directed by, I don't think he wrote it. Uh, I'm sure it's based off a novel. Uh, didn't notice, I, see her in the, I didn't see it in the credits. Um, yeah, this movie sucks. <laughs> oh man, whack, boo. Like, don't get me wrong, it's entertaining at moments, but man, it was just like, dreadful at least i was happy i could laugh at it like it was at least <laughs> laughable I, uh yeah i like apparently like this movie a lot more than you do but I, i'll give you like that. i would sorry what was rather that watch i would rather watch starship troopers i would rather watch starship troopers like starship that's troopers is a fantastic it, movie it is but it knows what it is this like feels like it's like it yeah. is trying to be fucking something big. <laughs> okay. So we'll get into Stargate and all of this and more in a little bit. But first, Dylan, what have you been watching lately? Uh, just a couple things. I rewatched a, a film called First Cow. Oh, I have still yet to catch up with that one. It's uh, amazing. Second viewing was even better. Highly recommend it. Should and I then... Other one is a new Australian film called Baby Teeth, and it's amazing. Uh, the only real big actor in it is Ben Mendelsohn. I love Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, he's great. But the main actor uh, actor is Eliza Scanlon, and she was in Little Women recently. Right on. You know what? I actually have a copy of this. The screener just showed up for me, so I'm going to check it out. Do it. Uh, yes, Baby Teeth is incredible. Right on. I highly recommend it. Anything else? Nope, that's really it. Yeah, I don't have a ton either, man. I've uh, been a busy, busy guy, so I haven't watched very much. I watched, I, I caught up with Hamilton, which you mentioned the last time we spoke. And, you know, I, it's good, right? Everybody says it's real good. It's real good. I don't think I like musicals is my deal. Fair. I just am kind of like, and there, but there are points where I'm like, oh man, this is awesome. It's incredible what these performers are doing. This song is actually really good. There's a lot of energy here. I, mm -hmm. And then it like will continue to be a musical for another 30 seconds. I'm like, why are they still singing? <laughs> you know, it just doesn't. Always sing. It just never stops. Yeah. It's rap. not me as a genre. <laughs> yeah, it's not, the, it's not the hip hop that I object to. Although some of it, I think Lin-Manuel Miranda gets a lot of credit for like leaning on some, whatever. He's very, 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 very talented. I don't mean to disparage him at all, but like, you know, it's, at times it's sort of your boss rapping at the corporate retreat, but like a really good version of it, but that, you know, and I, it's, again, it's not the hip hop is the problem. That's, I'm more into it for those reasons. I'm really into it for David Diggs. I think he's fucking awesome. He's dope. If you and, haven't seen his film Blind Spotting, watch it. Yeah, and you know what? I also think he's kind of the high spot in um, Velvet Buzzsaw from a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't a big fan of it, but I did like him in it. Yeah, that's exactly where I come down. And Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal was good, but it was just 
they're all good, but they're all kind of in a different movie, you know? Yeah, it was a mess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so anyways, the, yeah, it, it's all good stuff. I just am not super into musicals. So that's kind of where I came down on it. Fair. Then I guess the only other one I'll, <laughs> I'll talk about is uh, just today, kind of on in the background, I was watching, I've been, you know, still on my, on my bullshit with comfort films from the 90s. So I'm watching a lot of like, you know, Disney Plus and things of that nature. So uh, one of the ones I had on today was Flipper with Elijah oh. Wood and Paul Hogan. I have the VHS. Hey, when was the last time you watched it? It's been a while. It's another movie that I'm not going to call good, but it's, man, it's like a, a breeze of a movie. It really, it, there's not much going on. You know, the, I definitely watched it more recently because I remember the last time I watched it, I was like, that's fucking, um, the villain in Flipper is in Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah, it's Jonathan Banks. It's Jonathan Banks. I was like, what the fuck is Jonathan Banks? Fuck yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. No, it's, and so the cast is great, and it's all super tropical. There's not a whole lot of plot to it other than, like, I don't know, we're worried that the dolphin might steal our fish. Mm -hmm. And the underlying message is hardcore environmentalism. And I, I'm just, I'm here for it, man. And I, it's no <laughs> wonder that all only these 90s kids but like really so much of the media that came out in the 90s as flawed as it was had these messages at their core and you know like beethoven is one i watched a couple of weeks ago and it's a dumb kids movie with i love the first two great movies man the villains i think we talked about this but it's like stanley tucci and oliver platt in the first one yeah are the henchmen and second one is chris penn and um that woman, oh, I'm blanking on her name. She's an entourage, though. She's in a lot of it's stuff. Carly Gugino? No, she's the publicist in Entourage. Debbie Mazar. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. It's her and Chris Penn in the second one. You know what? I'm I'm pitching a Beethoven double feature right now. <laughs> <laughs> My point is. <laughs> They're kind of about animal rights. They're obviously like slight and, and plotty, but like it's about a dog that we all care about. And that's pretty awesome. So those are the oh, stuff I'm going to talk about before we talk it. about <laughs> Stargate. <laughs> okay, Stargate. Um, yeah, go ahead. You can tell the plot. Oh, man. Can I? Okay, let's see. Yeah, this is a fun challenge. So James Spader is, I'm going to try and, and breeze through the plot. Okay. <laughs> James Spader is like a, um, a, a a linguist, right? And he studies hieroglyphics and he ends up on this super secret government program because they've discovered an artifact. And it turns out through his crack wisdom that it's a stargate, right? And it, yeah, it leads to a stargate. Like it, it, the hieroglyphics refer to a stargate. Right, but then they have to, like, solve the puzzle to, like, activate the Stargate, right? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, yeah. So, at, around this point, Kurt Russell comes into the scene, and he's deeply conflicted because he, his son died from a gunshot wound that he blames himself for. <laughs> I laughed so hard when those two dudes walked away from the house. He's like, what's with that guy? <laughs> his son shot himself. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Yes. 
yeah, no attention to that reality ever again until the very end when yeah. Kurt Russell is okay. Spoiler alerts for this plot synopsis. <laughs> um, so we get everybody on board for the Stargate. Brendan Fraser is one of the people that has to go through the Stargate with us. And we all go through the Stargate. And the plan initially is just like, kind of like the moon landings, you know, we're going to make contact and we're going to jump back to our safe zone. But James Spader wasn't being perfectly honest. It Wait. turns out he didn't know how to get back necessarily. And they're all just kind of stuck in the middle of the cosmos. Wait, right? wait, wait. Did you say Brendan Fraser? Oh, did I? No, it's... Um, I was like, what is he talking about? No, sorry, the dude from Third Rock. It's... Um, it's French Stewart. French Stewart. French Stewart is who I meant to say. <laughs> like, Brendan Fraser is not in this movie, dude. <laughs> yeah, thanks for catching me on that one. No, <laughs> French Stewart is the person who is oh, ostensibly oh. comic relief in this movie. But he's oh no, he's actually probably my favorite part. Okay. I like Stewart in this movie. I I like Stewart too. We'll get into it. So then they get to the middle of space. They find a little bit of civilization. They establish contact. They find out that the other end of the Stargate is owned by Ra, but it's like this alien life form who has inhabited the human form of our of uh, somebody who became Ra way back in the day. Uh-huh. It is like doing this to survive because they have access to this precious mineral that allows them a lot of technology, but not any other stuff. And then there's a slave uprising because fuck that bullshit. Yep. And then uh, James Spader kind of falls in love, and then the chick dies, but she doesn't actually. She and doesn't. Then, uh, in or- <laughs> so Ra feels threatened, right? Because they're here with a bomb that Kurt Russell secretly brought. Everybody's got secrets. And- Fucking full on nuclear weapon. Right. And his plan is to blow up the Stargate secretly so that there's no threat can be posed to our Earth realm. Right, that's why they sent our suicide mission worthy. When he, when he goes to turn off the bomb, he like because he, he just knows once he does this, it just turns it off. So he goes, like, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he dramatically turned away and back to the Zoom recording, y'all. <laughs> Performance of 2020, I guarantee. Oh my god, yeah, I had to give my best Kurt Russell. It was good, it was good. Thank you. Thank so uh, the countdown's on. The bomb is going off because shit's going crazy. No, the bomb's not going off. Sorry, the time like is counting down. Four minutes. What's that? It's, it's like, dude. It's like a solidly fifteen-minute scene, and it's like five minutes, four minutes, yeah. <laughs> two minutes. It's like, it's damn, this bomb's slow. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? The movie avoids the trope somehow of this timer not speeding up when Kurt Russell tries to disarm it. I, I really thought it was going to happen. Because <laughs> that funny. is the movie that we're in. <laughs> so just to put a button on this thing, the James Spader and Kurt Russell saved the day by teleporting the bomb to the, the spaceship pyramid. That, that Ra is taken off in. <laughs> yeah. And, and that then, fucking, the portal that cuts off the dude's head. Oh, gnarly. Good yeah. stuff. 
good stuff. Yeah, it's a cool looking movie. We'll get into it. Um, and then the, the day is saved. The, the people of this desert planet are all free. Earth is safe. And they're headed back to through the Stargate to home. Hurrah. But James Spader stays. Why? Because of the girl. Because he's in love. He's, he's it. So that's Stargate. And so yeah, this movie has some like good some okay um practical effects but then like has like really shitty cgi i like, actually there's a there's a couple good cgi moments like yeah when the wave is coming through that portal in the beginning that looks that really good. fucking awesome and honestly i like the uh i like it all i think the practical stuff looks really good the sort of wampa thing that spader tames or they follow to the civilization for the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That puppet looks awesome. Definitely. And the whole, you know, the the set out in the desert is, you know, it's small, but it's a little outpost, so it, that's justified. The scene of the thing licking him. The scene, of the, thing, the scene of the thing licking him. The <laughs> wampa, that's what they're called? No, I think that's, that's a Star Wars thing, I think. Yeah, yeah, I was like, that can't be right. Yeah, whatever that <laughs> but, is. Uh, like, you know, I was like, oh, dude, this is fucking gross. It's gross, right? It's effectively <laughs> gross. Um, and everything that's happening inside the, the pyramid spaceship looks fucking amazing, man. All the, the set design and the costumes and the, just the, like, gadgetry. I, you don't like that? I did not dig on Ra's costume. The headdress, it, like, that type of shit bothers me. It's just so much. It's just ridiculous. And I love it. No, and then his fucking henchmen wear those. I wrote this down the first time you see the fucking, uh, the, his henchman with the pharaoh. Yeah, with the giant helmets on. Yeah, I was like, because you just see the head and the blue eyes. I was like, pharaoh robot dog? What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Hell yeah, pharaoh robot dog. Pharaoh the, robot dog. The only way you can make this movie better, if there had actually been pharaoh robot dog. I know, I was severely like, disappointed that it was a human. Yeah, and I'm also disappointed that the helmet doesn't have laser eyes. Would have appreciated that. They got laser staffs. Why not just right out of the eyeballs? Cut the middleman. Man, and all the fight sequences were so just lackluster. Like, you can't literally, Kurt Russell, like, it's so slow. Yeah. Fucking, they. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, he, he, I don't understand it. Everything is so slow. The fight choreography is, yeah, very, you know, it reminds me of a, a old school movie, you know, like a real old school, like a 40s, 50s kind of giant cast of thousands all fighting yeah. each other in a field somewhere sort of movie. But this is a 90s film with like high technology and money. I, well, I'll give it money. I don't know if high technology is quite fair. I mean, certainly for the... Sure, I'm, no, 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 I'm sure it was pretty big for the day. Like, yeah, oh, absolutely. Going into it. I think what I'm trying to say, and this gets into like, you know, the, why oh. do the show or the 90s movies. I think that they're really particularly magic for the way that they blend old school filmmaking and this sort of new technology that becomes everything we see now. So where we do have really incredible practical effects here, with the animal puppets and the set design and the helmets, the, you know, these crazy helmets that we're describing, they actually are built. They're not like the Iron Man movies now where, you know, the CGI just like melts away. away. What? They CGI them away though. 
in some scenes they do, and in some of the inserts they don't. So like at the very end when Spader's giving his Who's Your God speech, he pushes a button on that helmet and that thing opens up just yeah, yeah, like that yeah, and they yeah, take yeah. it off. You're right, That's yeah. super fucking cool, man. Yeah. And so where Fair. we need to like sell the effect, we really sell it with actual practical effects. And where we need the effect to be like bombastic and big, we let the CGI do the work. And I think 90s movies, just by matter of circumstance, get that right in a way that movies today do not get, man. <clears throat> this, these special effects, for some reason, towards the end, started reminding me a lot of Mortal Kombat, which I think is the same year. 94? Yeah, probably. 93 or 94, it's in there, yeah. Uh, I don't know why. There was just something about the, the way the temple looked on the inside, the way uh, Raw looked. Like, just, I don't know. It was a little Mortal Kombat-y vibe. So it looks like 95, I think. 95. Still, well, roughly the same time. No, wait. 92? Oh. What? what? That's the game. Yeah. 95 for the film. Yeah. Okay. And then 97 was Annihilation. Also, this is going to be a tangent, but uh, speaking of Paul W.S. Anderson, I've been watching the, uh, oh, damn it, what's the other video game movie he made, 10,000? Resident Evil. I've been watching the Resident Evil movies. Those movies are not bad. Those movies are rad, man. They're like, in terms of their visual spectacle, it's hard to get more than that. When you look up at them, like, Every 15 seconds, there is some really spectacular visual. And if, if you view these movies as like a comic book pastiche, I'm not defending them as like cinema or even necessary storytelling, but as just a visual feast, they are incredible to watch. And the, speaking of fight choreography, the fight choreography in those movies is incredibly inventive. Yes. Compelling and engaging, yeah. Yes, I don't, I, 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 the first one's enjoyable to me, but second one I remember not liking and then the third one I, I remember just kind of zoning out of and never registered it so I'd never kept up past that that's the way to watch it kind of like uh <laughs> no not really I'm defending a class of movies like and I'm I'll put I'll put Stargate and Roland Emmerich movies into this class and I'll Roland Emmerich has better movies though than Paul W.S. Anderson so let's we'll get into that because I totally agree. But I think, you know, better is a slippery slope and a tricky definition. But in terms of just like eye candy, it's hard to get better than stuff like this. There's always something really beautiful happening. Like, basically always. In Resident Evil. In Resident Evil and in Roland Emmerich movies. So Roland Emmerich movies get... The, the nod for being maybe better movies because they have a, a more traditional narrative, right? And story structure. But well, Stargate is way down there. It wasn't visually appealing a lot to me. There's a couple, of, there's, a, there's some moments, like don't get me wrong, but I'm just like, it was just bland. I, huh. Huh. I don't feel that way. No, I think it's, so like, I think the movie is- I, what I thought looked the coolest was the village. I think the movie is bland, but I don't think it's a visual thing. I think it's too long, and I think it's a little broad in scope. 
So we're often filling time and space visually, right? So like if he had, if Emmerich had punched in a little closer on every detail and made these uh, action scenes a little more frenetic and a little less point to point, which he also fails at. There are points in the geography where you're just like, well, how did we get here? Sorry. But if he had focused less on that aspect and went for a more kinetic energy in this thing and gone a little more tonal, I think there's yeah. a blast to be had in here. And even still, there's a blast to be had in here. But it also I, does speak to some of the I really love nerdy. It's like the, the writing's a little too cliched, especially for fucking Kurt. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't do him any service. He has basically nothing to do as a character. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the script is not great and too long. And where it is really good is in the... Um, Apparently there's a director's cut. How long is the cut that you watched? Two hours. Okay, that's about what I watched also. How long is the director's cut, do you think? I don't, I don't know. It doesn't even say... Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Oh well. Um, I think where the movie is really succeeding is when it's Spader's movie. Honestly, he's pretty good. He's not bad. He's oh, he's. I think he's probably given the best performance in this movie and understands the material most, and it's like sort of most dialed in for what Spader does with the smarmy. You know. Fair. And, yeah, he is the. His character is more well written than anyone in the film. I don't know if it's more. I don't know if it's more well written, but it's more. Yeah, I get, it's it more. That's what I'm trying to say. Character. It's more written. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot to his character. <laughs> right, and so where Kurt Russell, you know, he works so well when he carries the movie, and the reason he's not working so great here is because there's nothing for him to do, and in a role like this, you need somebody. You know who? You know uh, where they did this really well was Stephen Lang in Avatar. So imagine like that performance projected into Stargate and now we're like, okay, I'm having a little more fun here. So, but that's a different movie. I think there are ways to dial this thing up that would make this thing really excellent. But for where it stands- What is the TV show about like? No, no clue. No fucking idea. Gotcha, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I imagine it's about a Stargate. Yeah, I could imagine, and something maybe Raw isn't dead. Oh shit! Or maybe the it's like the whole pantheon of deities, Egyptian deities. I think so. I'll just say this also: uh, one of the reasons this movie appeals to me so much is like, man, as a stone teenager sitting there thinking about pyramids and aliens is just how I spent a lot of time, and so watching a big dumb sci-fi movie and emmerich action movie because it has all the emmerich hallmarks and so i want to get into emmerich right now so but the fact that it's all these things together just means i i love it i just love this movie so you think this is emmerich's worst movie or one of his worst yes let's uh his worst movie i think is probably Ten Thousand bc that movie. Haven't seen that one. How do you Don't, feel about Independence no. Day Resurgence? Wait, he didn't direct that though. 
Yeah, writer, director, producer. That's like his baby. Are you joking? <laughs> yeah, that you're is, right. Um, I didn't see it. I had no interest. Um, I saw it, and it's um, worse than Stargate. Okay, fair. I can see that. Yeah, um, didn't care for it. Uh, so here's <clears throat> uh, go down the whole list. So here's the heart of the matter. Like the the meat is, I mean, he gets the entry at Universal Soldier, right? That's probably where people start really taking notice of it. Kurt Russell, um, Roland Emmerich, but Kurt Russell's also in it. He's the well, star of the movie, isn't he? Yeah, sure, sure. But I'm I'm talking about uh, Roland Emmerich. So the run starts with, let's say, Universal Soldier. I don't know what the High Crusade is. Do you know this? Nope. I'll have to check that one out. Uh, And then Stargate, Independence Day, Godzilla, the 13th Floor, The Patriot. Uh, Let's see. He produced Eight-Legged Freaks. Oh, sorry. No, he uh, only produced the 13th Floor. That's not his. And then The Day After Tomorrow. I like Day After Tomorrow. I have a soft spot for Godzilla. It's not good, but I do have a soft spot for it. So do Um, I. Yeah. Uh, Independence Day is fun. It's not one of my favorites. Independence Day is the best movie ever made. This is the end of our podcast. Thank you for joining us. Nah, it's fun. It's so much fun. I like that movie an awful lot. I think that's his best movie, hands down. Like, And it's not even close. I think Independence Day is one of the best movies of the 90s in terms of a 90s movie you know you don't think the patriots it patriot no, is no i really do not like that movie at all okay but what i haven't anonymous? seen it in a while did you see anonymous no it's uh of the about the conspiracy theory that shakespeare didn't write his plays oh uh, okay it's not it's not I, bad I, it's I enjoy it. actually um, but yeah, no. Also, Day After Tomorrow, those are my top two of his. How do you feel about White House Down? No, I don't feel a thing for that one. Okay. I didn't even see the whole movie. I just caught some of it while working at a theater, and oh my goodness, it's a mess. The plot, like, oh my God, the trailer. I remember when I worked at the theater, we had a rep from Sony bring in early footage of this movie that wasn't complete and i was like this is terrible this is so dumb and then they luckily redeemed themselves by showing scene uh uncompleted scenes of this is the end um but uh did not like uh white house down from what i saw okay uh so you only saw those unfinished scenes Yes. Uh, and then, like, I caught scenes while it was in theaters. Oh, of course, yeah, while you were working there. Yeah, it, that one is, it's bad. <laughs> uh, like, all I can say about his movies is, like, I like them. None of them are any good. No, nah, that's not true. A couple of his movies are really good. I like Day After Tomorrow. Uh, Day After Tomorrow <laughs> sucks, too. But I like it. <laughs> I just, like... So yeah, they really do all kind of fucking suck, dude. Universal Soldier is, in my opinion, not good at all. I remember Kurt Russell, like, he has no lines in that movie. And he's the star. Well, right, because he's doing Robot Man. It's yeah, like, it's just like, like, yes, sir. Yeah, it, I mean, Universal Soldier kind of, so 
that's the thing about Roland Emmerich is that all of his movies are essentially studio product. You know what I mean? Like, how did he get in the studio game? What Moon Forty Four? What? Probably a like a commercial director and kept working his way up. You know. I mean, in 1990, he had a sci-fi film called Moon 44, and it doesn't, and Malcolm McDowell is fifth build. I love Malcolm McDowell. Oh, I think I've seen this movie. Does Malcolm McDowell play a um, cyborg? I don't know. His name's Major Leap. Yeah, I wonder what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I've never seen that. Um, I've never seen anything before Universal Soldier. No, I'm not familiar with these other ones either. Um, Noah's Ark Principal and Joey, or Hollywood Monsters, I guess. Hmm. Uh, I'd be curious to dive more into the stuff and, and see what got him noticed, because the here's the thing. When he is at his best... There's he, your next filmography. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going to be such a hard sell for James, man. <laughs> he, likes those movies, he likes movies the way we like movies, um, but he's almost as sort of indie lover as you are so i'm definitely bringing the 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 junk food to the don't get me wrong hey i love i love me some mindless fucking stupid shit it's just sci-fi is hard for me to get on board with when it's mindless and stupid what's what is it about sci-fi like so it because it sounds like there's not so much sci-fi that you're even if it's yeah, no, I'm not hugely into sci-fi or fantasy. Like, I love Lord of the Rings. I, I, I like some Star Wars. I hate most of them. Um, uh, but as a kid, even, when I started watching just live-action stuff, like, I always would be like, fuck cartoons. I don't want to watch cartoons. I don't care about cartoons. I want to watch a movie. And so, like, even today, like, People are always telling me, you got to watch fucking BoJack. You got to watch the, uh, uh, what are the other adult animation shows? Rick and Morty. And I'm just like, so yeah, good. okay, yeah. I, I'll like watch an episode. I think I actually watched the first season of Rick and Morty. I was like, yeah, it was all right. Here's the thing, Dylan. I, I'm largely with you. I'm, um, I like, I watch Rick and Morty. I think it's, pretty entertaining i like i love love me some sci-fi so i like a lot of what rick and morty is doing and i, I really like dan Harmon's sense of humor so i'm in for that stuff bojack horseman is one of the best things that's ever been on television that's all i've heard. i've seen the first season don't get me wrong i really liked it i just i don't care to keep up with animation it's not like my mind i just don't care I get that. And so I have the same, I actually have the same thing with live action television where, so just this past week, I challenged myself to finish devs finally, because I watched the first episode. Was, it, was the rest of the season good? It's incredible. It's, oh, it, I gotta watch it. Okay. I, I come down on the side that the, the ending is a little. Don't give anything. I'm not going to give anything away. It's, it, it doesn't satisfy me, but the nature of the story that it's telling is unsatisfactory by nature. Like it, it, it is the right ending for the story. And you know, in very much the same way that Ex Machina, you know, again by Garland is like, well, <laughs> that ending makes me go, ah. Is there gonna be a right? But is then it's be another season? No, no, it's a contained story. So anyway. I like that though. 
yeah. Um, so my point is challenging myself to finish it was very, very rewarding. And Bojack Horseman is, a, a, you know, it's about depression and the inner life of, of a human being and mm-hmm. well through animation. A few more episodes outside of the first season. My buddy loves it. He's obsessed with it. And he showed me an episode where Bojack's mom died. The funeral. The funeral. It's all just, the monologue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was brilliant. That was really good. So there's another one if you want. I, I think it's in the second season, if you haven't gotten to it yet. There's an episode that takes place underwater. Have you seen this one? So it's essentially a silent film because he has to like put on this apparatus to go to the underwater land and his translator doesn't work or he can't figure out how to work it. So he has to interact with this world the whole time, completely silent. You know, he's lost all of his agency because he can't speak to anybody. And he ends up having to figure out how to navigate the world that way. And it's beautiful and heartwarming and just like really interesting and a fascinating thing. Yeah, it's like, the way that Black Mirror can fully realize a concept because it's placed in a sci-fi world, Bojack Horseman can do that with sort of interpersonal traumas and relationship drama that okay. it just takes them to the wildest extreme because it's in an animated world, but it's very much about who we are as people to each other. Hmm. I do, I do get that from the show. I just, man, it's hard for me with animation. I just fair enough. And apparently it's also hard for you with sci-fi. And that's that's dumb, like dumb sci-fi. Like if it's like like taking taken very seriously and like Blade Runner. Love Blade Runner. Love the new Blade Runner. Um uh what else am I forgetting? This uh also that is a, a transition because this movie also reminds me a little bit of Arrival. Another That's why, yeah, Arrival was really good. Arrival's really good. And one of the things I love about Arrival is that it spends so much time on the, the language development and how we're actually going to communicate with each other. Yep. Uh, and the, the distance between that, when we think we understand each other and we don't, that's very much at the center of that movie. And so, but this movie does that, but in that Roland Emmerich way of just like, yeah, but popcorn, yeah, right? We we yeah, all blow shit together. Up. Yeah, it's so great. So I get the best of both worlds, right? So internally, I'm thinking about Arrival, but externally, I'm watching guys in a giant helmet shoot lasers, and it's amazing. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Sci-fi is a rough one for me. Fair enough. How do you feel about adventure movies? I mean, I love them, as long as they're good. Like, <laughs> Romancing the Stone, that type of shit. Like, comedy. Sure, speaking adventure. of Brendan Fraser earlier, The Mummy. I love The Mummy, dude. Okay. Are you fucking kidding me? The Mummy's awesome. Mummy fucking rules. Yeah. Mummy Returns is fun up to certain moments, and it's too long. I think the second one's way too long and has really bad CGI at the end. Yeah, yeah, it really does. And then the CGI just way worse from there. Did you ever see The Scorpion King? Uh, so the, uh, this is a funny story. I went to see Scorpion King in theaters, and as the movie, it, it gets like 10 minutes into the movie, 
and the the projector uh some the lens mount fell off oh shit so we're watching the movie and there's like this like a like a stutter and then something yeah. falls the screen goes blank and the guys come in they're like yeah the i, I think he just said the projector fell <laughs> like just put it blatantly i was like what the fuck that's weird. And so we got our money back, and I was like, that movie was dumb anyways. I don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, honestly, that's probably a more exciting experience than anybody who stayed for the entire movie. movie. Yeah, totally. Better story. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I guess we're not so much talking about... Emmerich anymore. Or Stargate. I there I will say that everything there is to say about Stargate. Oh, uh, we did not say uh who plays Ra. Um it's uh uh J J J J what's his last name? J Davidson. And he's from uh The Crying Game. Right on. He's awesome. That makes sense to me cuz I the whole time watching him I was just like, "Oh, who is this sexy androgynous king ruler alien being man what a performance Uh, you know what i said james spader had the performance of the movie that's wrong jay davidson has the performance of the movie but they don't use his voice no i I mean i don't know what his voice sounds like i like the it's very soft it's what it's softer okay i like the sort of layered affected voice thing that's happening there it gives them you know real multi-dimensional eternal presence i like Like, that don't get me wrong i thought jay was good but i i think i would have rather preferred them tailored the story to where it could have been the alien the whole time i so that's why i like like the look of that alien i like the look of that alien but i'm actually glad they pulled back on that because that's one of the places where the cgi really fails it doesn't look very good but it, it's a it's a puppet. Like I just, I don't remember any CGI shots. Like the, it's kind of it blows up at the end. It's they start animating it and it, they, it okay, okay. melts away pretty yeah, quickly. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but you're right. The rest of the puppetry looks really, really excellent. But in defense of the the performance and the the decision there, I really like it because he is supposed to have infected a human form, right? so that he could live forever because humans' bodies are really easy to repair. Yes. That's how he prefers humanity. <laughs> and so the, having the dude from The Crying Game give us this really lustful, really commanding, again, really androgynous performance layered with that voice that is really you know, beautiful, but very scary. It's harmonious and discordant. It's kind of all things at once. So I really never know if I'm coming or going watching him. I don't, you know, it it feels very alien, but very human. I think it's inspired. Maybe the thing this movie does best, actually, now that I'm taking it all in. Yeah, really dig it. Man, I'm reading a piece of trivia here, and I'm sticking to it. James Spader was not that good in this movie. (laughs) He literally goes, I just did this film for the money. There's no shame in taking a film because you need some fucking money. And I agree, but I don't think he did that good in this movie. I don't think he does that well in this movie. I think most of the performances are largely throwaway. What I mean is that it's a pretty great application of Spader. So he's like a shitty smarmy dude. So even if he's not trying, 
his kind of better like than everybody. What's that? I like his look. His the hair, like- the glasses, the his outfit. I don't like when he starts wearing like the the native outfit and like scarves. <laughs> then it gets a little ridiculous. <laughs> but then I'm laughing. I'm having fun again. Dude, I laughed. The, like I'm not gonna lie. I if. Roland Emmerich was trying to make me laugh throughout this whole movie because it's so ridiculous. He did his goal. I was laughing constantly. It, but I, in my personal uh, beliefs, I don't think he made that movie this way. I think he was trying to make a sci-fi film. Like he made it because it it spanned into a fucking TV show. So he did his job for the group, but just people that are not so willing just to accept sci-fi campiness it fails hard i okay i i agree but i think it fails hard in the way that most of his best movies fail hard they're all really campy they're all really they are I, you know what? Motivated. Well, you're right and he makes written. campy movies that's what he does he makes popcorn movies and he's really fucking good at it so he's great at the directing style but most of the just i don't know there a lot of the stories just are weak yes they are they absolutely are they're not they're like at best they're morality plays but even then they're not really morality <laughs> plays. they're like morality plays well, right like so bear with me they're like their morality plays the way that any sort of like comic book or serial or like soap opera gotcha. or just sort of yeah. like we're talking we're doing broad strokes here people this is not about the nuance of humanity this is about good and bad and big swings and explosions do you want to eat some popcorn because i got a movie about aliens that turn into god you know what? I guess I'd rather just see John Woo make a film with John Travolta and Christian Slater and blow shit up on a train. You know? That's my kind of bag. I would rather double feature Broken Arrow and Stargate. Perfect. Afternoon. Perfect. That's- <laughs> um, oh, man. Uh, I, what else would I... I was going to say something else about the movie. Um, Oh, it ended so quickly. I wasn't expecting it to end right as he walked through the portal. I was like, what? They said Perfect. it. It's okay. You stay in here. We're going home. That's the end of the movie. I yeah. was how long they stretched everything out. They just ended it. I was like, what the fuck? Roland Emmerich. I'm telling you. Listen, I was already late <laughs> for this recording, so I was dreading the 15-minute denouement that's at the end of every movie now, where things are back to normal, and Spider-Man's back in high school, and whatever the fuck else. I, no, we go through the Stargate, that's the end of your story. Move on. I love it. Yep. Oh, man. So, yeah, that's my last note on the movie. All right, I just want to call out a couple of performances. Um, Jaiman Hansu is the man who's yeah popping up randomly. Yeah, and it's that's maybe pretty early for him, at least in my recollection. I also like Richard Kind a lot, and he's kind of you know what he's like the proto um, oh damn it who's the dude in Independence Day who is the Jeff Goldblum's friend. 
with the Incredible Boys. I can't remember his name. But anyways, it's kind of like a proto version of that role. Richard Kind is in here being like really fairly officious, but very, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I like Richard Kind a lot. I just realized Kurt Russell, James Spader, and uh, fucking, uh, well, who? Hold, I'm sorry, I got to go to the cast list because I am now. All right, well, while you're looking that up, I'm going to finish my shout-outs with Eric Avari. Yeah, uh, it was So, Kurt Russell, James Spader, Dijman Hanzu are all Marvel villains. Oh, MCU now, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose at this point, that's just two-thirds of Hollywood. Anybody who's still acting is basically in a Marvel movie now. True. They have everyone, just about. Just about um yeah any other notes no i yeah i didn't take a lot of notes because i was just wrapped in the sheer ecstasy of this film i'll just say high level it does drag in the second act it's got a lot of problems but i love it so much and i'm glad that i get to watch roland emmerich movies are kind of my comfort movies and i'll throw on movies that'll be like so like i watched the perfect storm the other day love it Uh, do you know that's not a roland emmerich movie it's Wolfgang Peterson. Yeah, but yeah. this is what I'm talking about. Wolfgang Peterson makes Roland Emmerich movies. It just like, if you ran down this list of his filmography, here, I'm just going to say some movies and see which one sounds like it doesn't belong. Stargate, Independence Day, Godzilla, The Patriot, The Perfect Storm, The Day After Tomorrow, 10,000 BC. Perfect Storm. But it belongs in this collection. I think Perfect Storm's a much better film than any of uh, Emmerich movies. Outrageous. Any Emmerich movie. That is the... When was the last time you saw The Perfect Storm? Way more recently. I probably watched that movie maybe once a year. I love that movie. I love that movie, too. For all the same reasons I love Roland Emmerich movies. Because I am laughing out loud when John C. Riley gets a hook through his hand and gets dragged to the bottom of the ocean. It shouldn't be hilarious, but it is. And the well, moment in the bar before they leave, you know, let me finish. You let me finish, sir. In the moments bef- in the bar before they leave, when it should be really ominous, Wolfgang Peterson has chosen to like mellow light everything Thanks. and give us like hug arms and triangle fucking <laughs> blocking. So it's got this real like almost sort of um like uh capra-esque energy where it's really light and friendly but the material is super dark and weird and i just am, i love it and it, that's kind of the same stuff that emmerich does well wolfgang has das boot he okay. has never ending story like uh, in the line of fire clint eastwood oh, yeah movie. i like that one outbreak <laughs> hell yeah air force one my dude and then the perfect storm okay and then he does troy (laughs) and then he does the remake of poseidon interesting who so i think there's a couple other directors that belong in this conversation like um jan not jan deban his movies are a little more like kind of gritty almost towards the walter hill school 
no, you can totally still throw Jan Devant in there because uh, – What do we got with Jan Devant? I mean, Twister. <laughs> oh, fuck you. Yeah. Uh, you got Speed, which it, like – doesn't have a lot of cheesiness in my opinion but it's there in certain scenes and then speed two is cheesy as fuck but right. it's awesome speed i love so self-serious that it it becomes cheesy especially in retrospect with jeff daniels yeah. going yeah. on to do dumb and dumber and keanu reeves taking on the the status that he has and even where dennis hopper is at the end of not the end of but at that kind of point in his career where he's still holding on to these like convincingly crazy roles but he hasn't entered elder statesman i just watched flashback recently have you seen that one flashback yeah it's him and Kiefer sutherland and dude hopper plays like a leary type figure dennis uh, um uh what's the uh, timothy leary he plays sort of like a timothy leary figure and kurt russ uh sorry Kiefer sutherland is a fbi agent who has to transport him from, you know, one prison to another, whatever the thing is. This and poster it, looks like a quirky buddy cop movie. Hijinks ensue, friend. <laughs> it's, it's not great, but, you know, you get to see two really incredible actors going at each other, so that's a lot of fun. That's funny. I might add this to my list. <laughs> to watch. It looks ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But it's ridiculous and more of like an 80s sort of zany, you know, I think it's 1990, but it's... Yeah, it's 90. A holdover from a sort of previous generation story. It's kind of crazy that that movie got made in 1990, honestly. <laughs> it was probably it, made in 89. Yeah, well, even still, though, like, it's a story from 1979 at best. It's like, best case, it's 10 years too late. Realistically, yeah, it's like yeah. 15, you know? It shouldn't <laughs> star Dennis Hopper. It should star, like, Robert Redford or you know Thomas uh, Paul Newman you know in the heyday I'd watch that hell yeah hell yeah all right well we've talked about everything and then some because that's how journeys through the stargate go see you next time see you next time <laughs>